Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Now for our story. Captain Russo of Chicago's Homicide Division was a very busy man. There was always a heavy load of work to be done, and no matter how bravely he struggled to get out from under, he never did. This afternoon, however, the captain had paused several times, letting the precious minutes slip by while he reviewed a talk he'd had that morning with Aunt Mary Lane. The captain respected Mrs. Lane a great deal, having learned to know her well during a case some time ago. At that time, she'd saved him from making a grave blunder, and Captain Russo would always be grateful. And that was why he couldn't bring himself to refuse when she asked his help in locating a young man who had disappeared from Wakefield. Looking for missing persons was not in Russo's department. And nevertheless, he assigned his assistant, Sergeant Jackson, to work on the case. Jackson knew Mary Lane, too, and much as he grumbled about it, was secretly just as anxious to help her out as his chief was. Now, Jackson has just returned to headquarters. He enters Russo's office. His superior glances up from his desk eagerly. You look as if you've found something. Let's have it. I did get something, Chief. I don't think it means much. Did you cover the out-of-town newsstands? Yeah. And I found someone buying the Wakefield Sentinel. We're in luck, Jackson. Who was it? A girl named Anna Bartok. Bartok? Some girl this guy picked up, probably. Well, I'm kind of doubtful. Somehow I don't think this gal has anything to do with Mrs. Lane's case. Yeah, she's a pretty little kid. A little tough, maybe, but I think she's on the level. Jackson, when are you going to learn not to let your judgment be colored by a pretty face? Oh, that's got nothing to do with it, Chief. This girl's story made sense to me. Okay, Jackson. Suppose you give me the report. Well, there's only three stands in town that carry this Wakefield sheet. I checked with two of them, and they said nobody bought one for weeks. In fact, they were planning to stop handling the thing. But the third one, it's uh, run by that guy with a beard around the corner from Fields. Uh, call him Rocky. Okay, Jackson. Get to the facts. Well, this Rocky told me some babe had been coming in there for the last couple of weeks to buy this paper. Not every day, he said, but every so often. But they figured I'd hang around for a while, and the off chance she might happen along. Sure enough, a couple hours later, up she steps, buys the paper, and starts to leave. She was in kind of a hurry, the way she acted, but I stopped her. What did she say when she found out who you were? <laughs> I don't think she likes cops very much. Did she act as if she might be hiding something? No, not exactly. Kind of resented being questioned, though. Well, how did she explain her buying the Wakefield paper? Well, she said a couple of months ago, three or four, I guess, uh, she ran into some bird who gave her a smooth line of talk. Good-looking guy. He told her he came from Wakefield. Mario Descari? Maybe. But the time isn't quite right if it was him. According to Mrs. Lane, this all happened in the last few weeks, didn't it? Well, the girl might not have been too accurate. Maybe not. Anyway, this fellow made a lot of promises. That Bartok girl, uh, Anna, said he acted as if he was pretty well healed. Told her they'd be married, gave her a big build-up. Among other things, though, he told her he was temporarily hard up and asked her to loan him some money for a week or two. Did she? Yeah. She says she gave him 300 bucks. She was pretty sore about it, too. 
This man took her for $300 and then disappeared. Is that it? Yeah, that's what she said. Jackson, that story doesn't sound right to me. Why not? Several reasons. But first, you'd better give me a description of this inventive young lady. Oh, she's a honey, Chief. A real honey. Big dark eyes, dark hair, and one of those long bobs they wear. Slender, but only in the right places. And she's... All right, uh, Jackson, I get the idea. What's her background? Uh, both parents are dead. She had a tough childhood, I guess. Mentioned something about being poor when she was a kid. Seems her people owned a rooming house in Gary. It's on Franklin Street. One, nine, three, oh. Mm, Franklin Street, hmm? That's where she grew up? I guess so. Then when her folks died, she inherited the place. That's what she's doing now. She's running a rooming house for a living, hmm? Yeah. Eh, hardly what you'd call a sheltered life. Oh, but she's not really tough, Chief. Just sort of defensive, you might say. Doesn't like to be questioned. But that doesn't mean... No, I know, I know. She's got a few rough edges, but underneath she's somebody's sister. Oh, I don't think she's crooked. I mean, well, she's had to learn to look out for herself, that's all. No doubt. Well, I'll tell you something, Jackson. That story she told you is one of the fishiest I ever heard. How come? In the first place, if some man took her for $300, why didn't she report it to the police? Oh, she explained that. Yeah, she didn't want to be bothered with a lot of questions, she said. Thought it was easier to let the whole thing slide. Mm. And that sounded absolutely reasonable to you. Why not? Listen, there's a lot of people who don't like cops, you know. Mm -hmm. If the men of the force were all like you, Jackson, I'm sure people would learn to love them in no time. And just because a girl like that happens to run into some tough luck, that doesn't mean she's done anything wrong. After all, this scary isn't wanted for anything, even supposing it was the scary she was talking about. That reminds me. Did you get a description of the man? Uh, it, uh, it slipped my mind. Oh, Fine. Uh, I, I figured it didn't matter too much. She said she'd been gone at least two months. Yeah, sometimes you can be the darndest, most knuckle-headed flatfoot who ever let a pretty woman give you a phony story. What do you mean, phony? I keep telling if you... If I that... were you, I'd say no more, Jackson. At least you got her address. A rooming house, huh? Hmm. What about it? Gives me an idea. Aren't you going to tell me what you've got on your mind? Oh, I'd rather not burden you with my suspicions, Jackson. I wouldn't want to destroy your illusions. <laughs> Quit kidding, Chief. Uh, what are you planning to do? I believe I'll make a trip to Gary. I'd like to have a talk with this interesting young woman of yours. Um, you want me to go along, Chief? No, Jackson. You stay home and look after the younger children. And mind you, don't play with matches. Sergeant Jackson started to look mad. Then, slowly, a grin spread over his big, homely face. Maybe he had been a little too much impressed with Anna Bartok's big, dark eyes, he admitted to himself ruefully. She did act kind of nervous, now he thought about it in a colder light. But he couldn't help thinking it would be a good joke on Russo if the girl turned out to be on the level. And at that same moment, the young woman who had impressed the sergeant so much had just returned home. Coming into her room, she finds Mario fast asleep on the couch. Anna crosses to him quickly and shakes his arm. Mario. Mario, wake up. Uh, oh, hello, Anna. Back already? What do you mean already? I've been gone for hours. i got to talk to you, Mario. Something's happened. Happened? What's happened? I don't know exactly, but you got to get out of here. Cops may be here any minute. Cops? How come? Listen, if you hadn't wanted that Wakefield paper, we'd have been all right. When I went to the newsstand, this flatfoot was there waiting. Waiting? Yeah, waiting for anyone who bought the Wakefield paper. Something's gone wrong. Carla. Yeah. 
probably has something to do with the row you had with your wife. I don't know. Maybe she had a relapse. Anyhow, they're looking for you. Carla. Mario, you're just going to sit there saying, Carla, Carla, you're going to put yourself together and clear out of here. They may be here any minute. Had to give them the address. Yeah, better scram. I'll get it all fixed. There's a little flop house about ten blocks away. Not much to look at. I know the guy who runs the place. I stopped by there on my way back. Says he'll give you a room till we can clear out of town. Okay, I'll go. Oh, why did this have to happen just when everything was going along swell? I went to the bank, made the arrangements about selling the place. The appraiser's coming tomorrow morning. Maybe we could have left... Listen, Anna, did the cops follow you? No, I'm sure they didn't. They got the address. This guy who questioned me wasn't very smart. I give him a phony story. I'm afraid when he starts to think it over, he'll see through it. Then they'll come hot-footing it over here. Come on, Mario, you better hurry before it's too late. Once I know you're safe, I'll manage to stall him somehow. Mario, please, hurry! But Mario seemed unable to pull himself together. He sat on the edge of the couch, his hair rumpled, his face clouded with sleep. Did this mean that Carla had died after all? Was he guilty of his wife's murder? If he was, Mario was thinking, what was the use of hiding himself? Maybe he might as well wait, let the police take him. But Anna was tugging at his arm, frantically urging him to hurry. Hurry! 